0: In the left center, and what a play made by the rookie Brian O'Grady. Pitch.
1: Oh, into right field. Brian O'Grady, first big
0: league home run. Fly ball, center field, struck well. Marisnik going back at the wall. Gone! Welcome back, Brian O'Grady.
1: And welcome inside episode 73 of Breaking Bats presented by Not For Long Media. My name is Justin Harris. This week's episode is one of my all-time favorites. We are joined by the bullpen catcher for the New York Yankees, Colin Thoreau. Did about an hour with Colin. It was one of the coolest conversations I've ever been a part of. Uh, You'll learn so much about what it's like playing in the minor leagues, what it's like being a part of the New York Yankees every single day. So much fun stuff. Uh, guys be sure to follow us on all social platforms at Breaking Bats Pod and enjoy this week's episode. All right, we are now joined by a very special guest, former Oakland A's farmhand and current New York Yankees bullpen catcher Colin Thoreau. Uh Colin, we're talking, catching up here a little bit before we start recording. Uh how's it going? How's everything and how are you enjoying your off day?
0: Yeah. Uh things are great. Obviously uh trying to soak up the off day cuz you only get so many during the season and uh had a nice productive one. It's a beautiful day out. Got some, got some chores done with the um, with the future misses, and and now just hanging out before dinner. So it's been a good day for sure. Dude, that's the best.
1: Um, I so Oklahoma State Cowboy. It's mm-hmm. I, I. We were just saying that you know during the College World Series run up to there. It's they didn't make it very far this year, but I wanted to go back to twenty sixteen though because you Oklahoma State baseball team. They were in the thick of it. They were right up there. I think it was like the semifinals of the College World Series that year. Mm-hmm. what what was that experience like man that had to be just like the craziest run like what do you remember about that trip to omaha like can you take me back to that time
0: yeah no it was like you said it, it's just kind of everything you dream of and you're trying to soak it up but not get too caught up in it and you know know that you're there for you know to handle some business and um we had such a great group that was that was good at balancing it so We uh, we did a good job of having our fun, but, you know, kind of handling business for the most part on the field and uh, came up short. But it's like, you know, it's something I'll obviously always remember. And honestly, it's something that I want to go back one day as a fan and get to experience because it was it's just if you guys haven't been, you have to go. It's the coolest week. It's the best energy and it's it's unforgettable
1: seen that it looks like the coolest like biggest party it's like that's like oh. the the main event there in omaha is that that college world series um mm-hmm. that's that's bucket list oh, yeah. i was looking though because you guys were running into some like really really tough pitching matchups there oh, yeah. um one that i i saw that I, I was perplexed by and i didn't know he was a pitcher was bobby Dollback. Mm. Do, do you remember hitting off of bobby Dollback, the red sox infielder now like yeah what, i don't remember hitting like?
0: i remember him i think i patted his stats a little bit uh <laughs> But no, I remember, I mean, he threw hard. He had a really good changeup. Um, that's what I remember. And I remember I was like, I don't know. I always, Obviously, he was a really talented um, hitter and infielder as well in college. And I was like, this guy could do both. He was, a, I thought, a pretty impressive arm. Um, and I was just talking to somebody about that the other day. Um, and I was like, dude, that guy was one of the best arms we saw all year. It's crazy.
1: He's never like after college, he was like very adamant. It's like, I'm never pitching again. Right. I looked
0: and he had like a two and a
1: half year and He was shoving oh, the entire sure. time. I'm just like, Bobby Dolph.
0: Yeah. Hey, um, never know. Shohei's yeah. leading the way. You never know. Hit bombs so and true. throw gas. It's a good recipe. Should have been a two way guy. Yeah. Right? Uh, oh Kate, gosh. what do you got? So
2: being from the Bay area, kind of coming out of college, mm-hmm. drafted by the Oakland A's, what was that experience like for you? And just kind of like take us through that process.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh Yeah, again, a very, very cool um, experience that I'm really grateful for. Grew up going to A's, a's games and Giants games. I was definitely more of a, a Giants fan, but, okay. um, you know, didn't discriminate. Loved both teams. Both teams kind of had their little eras while I was growing up. Um, and then it's cool. The A's do a good job of kind of bringing around former players um, as coaches and advisors and whatnot. So getting to be around those guys, um, I got to get really close and still am with Bobby Crosby, who was, you know, the rookie of the year when I was growing up and uh, you know, he was my manager eventually. So um, a lot of really, really cool moments and and some really great people uh, in that organization for sure. And then now it's like, it's cool getting to stay in baseball and, you know, we go play Oakland and we're going back there um, in a couple of weeks and it's good to see those guys and, and get home. And so it's overall, it's just, it was really cool for sure.
2: That's awesome. I, always admire people in the minor leagues and you were there for quite some time, uh, five mm-hmm. seasons, I believe. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you're playing under not the best circumstances, but, you know, working yeah. at your craft, trying to get to the big leagues, just, is there anything really memorable from that time that stands out to you? Like a really cool memory?
0: Gosh, I don't even know where to start. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, what's funny is I was just talking to, um, a guy got drafted with uh, Javon Shelby, who like never knew him. We would have never crossed paths. He went to the University of Kentucky. Um, and, you know, just by chance, we were drafted by the same team in the same year and and, and spent our first full year together. And now he's going to be one of my grimsmen. And oh, it's cool. like uh, very as as grindy as the minor leagues can be, it's like you look back and, and all you think about are the guys and, and the memories and I guess it's hard to pinpoint one, but literally our first bus ride from the airport from spring training, we landed in I want to say uh, Chicago and drove to Beloit, Wisconsin on a bus, and our bus broke down like two or three times, and we're like, oh my God, where are we? You know, and yeah. what are we getting into? And and then just hitting like while we're waiting for the next bus to come and pick us up, you know, we're like hitting rocks on the side of the road with a two by four and just right. trying to make the best of it. But yeah, those were, you know, that was just the group of guys that we had and that's what made it worth it and memorable. And um, honestly, didn't even make the the crappy times as as tough as they are, um, especially when you look back. So.
2: Right. I feel like since you're so secluded from everyone, you get really close with Definitely. that group of guys. So that makes sense that he's going to be one of your groomsmen, which is so cool. 100%. Yeah.
0: Justin.
1: Uh, so I was going back and I was looking at some of those, those Oakland A's minor league teams that you were a part of. There's so many just like household names in the major leagues now, like the Oakland A's system at that time, was absolutely loaded with, with Mm -hmm. guys. It's like, how much fun was it showing up to the yard and playing with people that are, you know, their back of the baseball card stats are insane right now. It's like that had to be a fun time to be playing ball.
0: It was for sure. And, and I think just, uh, kind of the way the culture was in Oakland was very much be yourself. You know, it, it wasn't, um, it, it wasn't like a very pretentious feeling culture from the top down. And so you got to know those guys, the big names, you know, and, and be around the Matt Chapmans and the Olsons and the Simeons. Um, and then I come up with, you know, now Jonah Heim and Jesus Lazardo, AJ Puck, uh, you know, Dalton Jeffries, all these, all these guys, and, and they're just the best. And I think, um, you know, there was a really good culture and a lot of really good people. And so those guys are just so easy to root for. And I actually have a funny, like speaking of which, this is another story I tell um, in high A, Jesus Lozardo was with us and, you know, he was like 19 or 20 and just so much better than all of us didn't belong there. And we're playing in Modesto against the Mariners uh, high a affiliate. I remember Mike Zanino was rehabbing and he's hitting and he, I can't remember if he swung or took a pitch and he looks at me and he's like, who the hell is this guy? Like, is this guy rehabbing? Who is this? I'm like, Oh, that's, you know, Jesus Lizardo. He's, he's 19. He goes, dude, what is this guy doing here? I'm like, no, he won't be here long. And I think that was his last start with us. And it was like in April or May. Um, So that was like a cool, like, I was like, okay, I thought this guy was good, but that's a pretty good kind of, sign off that he's gonna be pretty special and you know he's starting to come into his own and really great dude that's easy to root for. So dude,
1: no doubt. That's fantastic. Was were there any other guys that you saw for the first time maybe you didn't know a lot about but you got on the field with them and you're like, oh my gosh, this guy you, you knew as soon as you saw him he would be good.
0: I mean I could tell you an opponent uh my first year in Loway, we go play Fort Wayne who is the Padres affiliate and some kid, right-handed, lanky, I'm catching, and he's like butt out, reaching, diving across the plate and hits like a no-doubter to right center that was deep. I'm like, what the hell is this kid? And I'm like, Tatis. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh I wonder if his dad was blah, blah, blah. Like he, he wasn't this big, at least to us yet, this big name. I think he was, you know, 18, 19 at the time. Um, and I was just like, that was different, you know? And then sure enough that, you know, he's still pretty different than most. So that was, uh, that was another one that sticks out for sure. That's amazing. You
1: you mentioned Jonah Hyman there.
0: Um, I mean that the,
1: the rise of Jonah Hyman has been one of my favorite things of baseball, also former Oriole, um, Mm -hmm. to see him turn into like a top two or three catcher in the game of baseball. Like how great is that?
0: It's awesome. I mean, Jonah is You have to know Jonah to like kind of appreciate what he's doing. He's such a kind of low key guy, um, especially off the field, just kind of quiet and observes cracks jokes here and there, but um, definitely a a competitor and a hard worker and just really, really skilled and and really smart about how he goes about his business. And it's kind of paying dividends now. And it's again, guy that's easy to root for and you're happy for. So. No doubt.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so much fun to watch him in Texas. It's, it's the coolest thing ever. Um, I wanted to talk though about your defense behind the plate because I, I heard that all throughout the minor leagues and, and just like the, the work that you do with the pitchers, your defense behind the plate, blocking balls and everything. It's it, you've gotten rave reviews. I'm wondering oh. how much work went into that. Like when, like, and when did you even know that like catching <clears throat> was going
0: to be the thing that got you there? Uh, well, first of all, I appreciate that. And whoever told you that, that's very nice though. Um, No, I think from a young age, it was very much impressed upon me that if you're going to play this position, it's like this is first and foremost what matters is taking care of your pitchers, kind of, um, you know, making a difference on defense. You don't take your at-bats to behind the plate, stuff like that. And um, it was just kind of pounded into me from a young age. I had some great coaches that were very, very adamant about those things and how to kind of – be a counselor for your pitchers, how to kind of dissect what they need in that moment. You know, you hear the old adage of like some guys need a pat on the butt, some guys need a kick in the butt. And and you and you kind of dissect it as you're walking to the mound and reading their face and their body language. And um so it was it was just something that was important to me from a young age. And and I think the older I got and and the less I hit, the more important I realized uh it would be to my career. And uh but also just something that I loved and um, really helped me get to know my teammates. And and I think being able to kind of pour into those guys and invest in them and their success um, kind of helped. I don't know. It, it just became more enjoyable that way. And I think it helped carry me into this next venture and and hopefully down the road as well.
1: Catching too is also just like such a cerebral position. Like, there's so much that goes into it in, in terms of the mental side of the game. Are you someone that enjoyed like gravitated towards that side of the game and like learning everything you can about the pitchers and their pitches? Like, do do you enjoy the mental side of catching?
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent. There's uh, and again, like I, getting to kind of watch and, and learn and talk with Trevi and, and Higgy. And uh, the things they notice, and 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 kind of the things we share in common, and what we notice in the pictures, and, and bouncing ideas off each other, and, and learning from those guys—it's just such a vital part of of what you do behind the plate—is getting those guys to trust in you, and confide in you, and, and believe that you have their best interests in mind. And, and I think that goes such a long way. Like you could you could call the wrong pitch in the wrong moment, but if those guys are convicted and believe you, then I think that holds more weight than throwing the right pitch in the right moment where they're not a hundred percent on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And even just like the trust aspect of just having your pitchers trust you mm-hmm. with that calling pitches mm-hmm. from a perspective, bullpen catcher, New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people don't really know about your day-to-day responsibilities, like the work that goes into it. So can you just give us a glimpse, like 7 PM game, what are you doing during that day?
0: Yeah. um, Well, I'll usually leave, let's say seven o'clock game. I'll usually leave my place um, around like 10 ish, 1030 ish. takes like 40 minutes by subway. So get there, try and work out real quick. Um, Rubbing up baseballs every day, first and foremost. Um, And then just a lot of, you know, I do some advanced work, um, you know, before the series trying to help our, our advanced guys and our coaches out with kind of whatever they need to uh, prepare for the upcoming series or the upcoming game. Do a lot of, I guess, uh, executive assistant work, as I like to call it, a lot of printing and getting charts ready, scouting reports ready, uh, the wristbands ready. And then you're like cutting, laminating, doing this and that. And uh, so it's a busy day kind of once I get done working out, it's a little bit of nonstop. Um, and then, you know, we have meetings, so I, I, usually try to attend those and, you know, I might be, uh, helping cycle through the meet, like the projector on the meetings and, uh, stuff like that. And just, uh, I don't know, sticking my, any free time I have, uh, just kind of trying to help out where I can, whether that's with, uh, Tanner and the catching side or, um, you know, going and just kind of peeking into the cages and seeing what, like, Dylan and Casey and those guys are working on with the fellows and seeing if they need help and trying to uh, help out where I can. And then, obviously, you have, you know, the bullpens. Um, you have, you know, the rehab guys that are throwing. So you play long toss a couple times a day for sure. And then kind of shag BP, go back in, eat, um, get ready for the game, maybe play a little chess. It's a big chess clubhouse right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, and then during the game, honestly the the game time is kind of like my like decompressed time. I get to like relax for a couple innings, hopefully like six or seven, until a reliever gets going, and then uh, do it all over again. So a long day, but very very rewarding. Uh, I get to learn a lot from some of the best and brightest in the game, and uh, yeah, it's a good gig for sure.
2: That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, so you're just bouncing around all day from yeah, sorry, BB, I know kind of
0: like a, a ramp, but there's definitely a lot, definitely a lot of bouncing around, but it's, it's a block.
2: And then when you're in the bullpen, how do you decide who's going to catch which reliever? Like I'm, I'm picturing yeah. like a, a coin toss, like, Oh, no, if you have to yeah. go get Clay Holmes ready, sorry, yeah. it's your turn.
0: No, that's a good question. So that's honestly like something we try to avoid. So you talk about I guess the mental side of catching in the relationship with the pitchers. Uh, we want some continuity with the relievers that were warming up every night, not, you know, he's getting up. All right. Who's going? No, we each have our guys, we, you know, split the bullpen down the middle and, uh, you know, who you've got, you kind of start to feel out when their name might be getting called. So you could go beat them to the mound stuff like that. And then stuff with targeting stuff with, you know, you uh, know, correcting them, like, hey, you know, get out front. Hey, like, let's target here, stuff like that. I think that kind of uh, camaraderie with that guy and him seeing you every night kind of helps and goes away. So uh, yeah, that's, that's a good question. That's a question that doesn't really get asked. So
2: yeah, I was curious. Yeah. How did you get into understanding all of like the science behind pitching? Because obviously you're catching, so you're watching them the entire Mm -hmm. time. But to be able to make those adjustments to professional relievers? Like, was there a lot of training? Was there a lot of studying that went into that?
0: Um, I mean, I, I definitely think my experience in catching helped a lot. Um, but, like, definitely in the last two years since I've, I've joined the Yankees, my kind of scope of baseball and pitching especially has changed a lot. And what I've learned from Matt Blake, Desi Drusial, Mike Harkey, our bullpen coach, I mean, it's – it's night and day. I thought I knew a lot and I quickly realized I knew nothing. Um and it feels like every day I'm I'm learning something new, whether that's um pitch shapes, whether that's game planning and matchups, whether that's more to the mental game and, and how to, you know, get these guys ready each and every night. So um yeah, I quickly learned, like I said, that I knew I didn't know much like I thought I did. So uh a lot of learning going on, a lot of adjusting on the fly, but uh, you know, I think we got a pretty good product going on so far. So.
2: Awesome. Justin, you want to go?
1: Yeah. You, you mentioned your, your experience. Obviously we we're talking about your, your minor league career there. How did the Yankees opportunity present itself? Can, can you take me through like your decision-making process, <clears throat> you know, to go from active player to bullpen catcher?
0: Yeah. A lot of luck. We'll uh, be honest. So usually I tell, you know, kids will yell in the bullpen. How'd you get this job? And I say, well, you just don't hit very well. And you know, they usually move you back here, but uh, it was a little bit more than that. Uh, a lot of luck. I had moved in New York um, in the off season after 2021, because my fiance had gotten a job here. Uh, we were in Texas at the time. And uh, so I was spending my off season here getting ready for my last minor league season. I thought I was going back to spring training as a player. I was going to play my last year, see what happens. And uh, in sometime in like november october i want to say um luke persico who i'd roomed with and played with in oakland had since retired and moved here and was working here and we'd went and got you know dinner and drinks one night and uh he said hey my buddy's coming he's he's the bullpen catcher for the yankees i'm like oh that's cool like get to talking whatever nothing comes from it come january i guess uh Aaron, who was my partner last year, had reached out to Luke and and said, hey, like, you know, I know I met Colin briefly. Um, we're looking to kind of fill a bullpen catcher role. Do you think he'd be interested? Um, and, you know, Luke kind of, I think he vouched for me a little bit and said, yeah, I think he'd probably give it a shot. And so they had to ask for permission from Oakland because uh, I was still under contract to speak to me. And Oakland, uh, you know, they reached out to me and asked what I thought and I said, well, what do you think? And basically the answer I got was it's the Yankees. And I said, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, so they granted me the interview and, and come to find out Tanner Swanson, uh, who's our major league catching and quality control coach actually recruited me when he was at the university of Washington when I was coming out of junior college. So I had that relationship, Dylan Lawson and Casey Dykes, who are assistant and head hitting coaches uh, also recruited me when they were in the college ranks. So there was all these weird like stars aligned. I just moved to New York. It was like kind of just made sense. And I, I knew I wanted to stay in baseball when I was done playing. And um, the guy whose role I was doing my best to, to fill, Radley Haddad is now on the major league staff with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, so just seeing that he was able to kind of take that leap from the position after you know a lot of hard work and, and impact it was it was like a little motivating and i was like you know what this seems like a good path and something i'd be into and it's been it's been lights out ever since so kind of a like i said a lot of luck and stars aligning but it, it worked out for the best for sure
1: it sounds like you know pretty sociable person it sounds like the networking part of the game you really you know gravitated towards were you somebody that was always saying hi to whoever like was that something that when you're playing you made it a point to kind of like introduce yourself and and get to know everybody because it it came back around and it got you a Yankees job.
0: Yeah, no, I I think I get I get teased about it a little bit here and there um, for kind of being the friendly guy or like I remember, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to go to be a double A all star and my teammates were teasing me that I was hanging out with the other team too much because all my buddies were on the other team. And uh, I don't know, it, it was just I love playing baseball and I Although I'm a competitor, I have a lot of fun doing it. And especially, you know, in those dog days and whether it's cold or it's hot and you're grinding, we're all whatever dugout we're in, we're all kind of going through the same thing. And um, it's fun to talk about and relate to each other about it. And then, you know, you connect playing video games or over social media and especially in today's age. And so, yeah, I I was lucky to make a lot of friends and and uh, it's cool. You know, not just the A's guys, but I get to see just about every team we play. You know, I'm like, oh, that's my guy over there. I hope he goes 0 for 4 tonight, but, like, I like that guy. And I've uh, been very lucky to make some good friends through the game so far, for sure. Dude, that's the
1: best. Yeah, that's – networking is really the name of the game in whatever aspect of life, not just baseball. Like, so, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Getting to know people is it's, the way to do it. Um, have you given any thought, though? Like, obviously, you're in a great role right now with a great organization. Like, Mm-hmm. And to what's next, have you thought about the coaching ranks, the scouting ranks, or are you just trying to enjoy every day you are, you can as a, the Yankees bullpen catcher?
0: Yeah. I mean, definitely the last part, enjoy it every day. Soak up everything I can. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% confident that I'm amongst the best and brightest in baseball and I get to learn from them and I learn something new every day. And um, so I'm in no rush because of that. And but ultimately I want to manage. I want to be a major league manager. Um, so I guess whatever route I think is best to, to get to that eventually um, whether that's, you know, coaching the minor leagues or, or coordinating or scouting or whatever it is, whatever the best route is um, I will take. But for now, just like I said, trying to learn and, and soak it up and enjoy it. Cause it is the yankees and i'm very fortunate and uh, i get to see like some pretty cool stuff every night so dude that's the best i've
1: always heard catchers make the best managers that like they know all facets of the game they seem like mm-hmm. they have a pretty level like yeah i feel like that would be a no brainer
0: yeah i mean i hope so but uh, yeah. that's that's always outside of obviously being a major leaguer that was always plan b and this felt like a good route to kind of get started so it's worked out pretty well so far
1: we interrupt this episode to bring you a word from the official sponsor of Not For Long Media and the Breaking Bats podcast, the Original Fudge Kitchen. It is a staple of the Jersey Shore with six locations in Cape May, Wildwood, North Wildwood, Stone Harbor, and Ocean City. The Original Fudge Kitchen makes all of their fudge in-store, guaranteeing a delicious product. So stop by and let them know that Not For Long Media and Breaking Bats sent you. Check them out online at s.com as they are shipping fudge and sweet treats all across the country. Now back to the episode.
2: All right, so... New York Yankees bullpens looking pretty good. I am a Yankee fan having my whole life used to work for the S network. What do you think that they have just been doing so well? I mean, Holmes looks good. All the relievers are from your perspective, like a coaching perspective.
0: I think that um, there's a very clean cut kind of education process on, Hey, here's what you do really well. And we want you to do that. You know, don't we'll, – we'll get better on the margins in the meantime, but for now, like, you're really good at this. Let's do this. Like, go be really good at what you're really good at. And we have some guys, whether it's Clay Holmes or Albert Abreu, who aren't fun to face, you know, like – and everybody in between. And they're just really good at being prepared physically and mentally um, each and every night. It's really cool to watch th- – watch them prepare and go through their routines and, and lock in. I always tease Clay because he's obviously, you know, our closer and, you know, my pitch in the eighth if he has to. But, you know, him and I have a have a pretty good relationship and, and we mess with each other a lot. And uh, I'll always kind of know when he's locking in because, like, he's not giving it back to me anymore. He's just kind of, like, lasered in. And that's usually around the seventh or the eighth. Like, you know, I'll crack a joke at him and he's just like locked in on the field. And I go, all right, it's that time. I respect it. But, um, but like when you step back from that, it's like, wow, this guy has an ability to like separate it, like ability to just lock in." And I think that's, that's really cool. And I have a lot of respect for that as well as do a lot of our guys, pretty much all of our guys.
2: Yeah. I always have a lot of respect for the relievers because if you think about it, like they're sitting the whole game, they get up and then. Ultimately they could be in one of the hardest positions, almost, you know, like a pinch hitter yeah. situation. Is there anything behind like the mental aspect that you guys work on to just kind of keep that moment a little bit smaller than it actually is? I mean, like, you know, yep. Wandy coming in, tying in the bottom mm-hmm. of the
0: ninth. Well, Wandy's an outlier. Wandy's just gonna be really? Wandi, first and okay. foremost. He's it doesn't matter <laughs> what's going on. He's gonna go out there. He's huffing and puffing, screaming and yelling, quick pitching. Wandy's gonna work. Yeah. But for the rest of them. You know, we do have Chad Bowling, who is the best of the best in the mental game. He works with the Cowboys as well and the Dallas Stars. Um, and and he's really, really good at relating to these guys. He has an open door all day. And I think um, a lot of them tap into um, what he's got to say. And And I think they also, there's just a lot of like bouncing off each other. I, mm-hmm. I see a lot in here, a lot of conversations that are really productive about, how to, like, kind of prepare for those moments and what they could have done differently or would have or maybe they did the right thing and it just didn't work out. And I I think, um, you know, the best teams I've been on as a player, that was the situation and it it feels that way here as well where it's kind of like guys lean on each other and learn from each other um, physically and emotionally.
2: And you mentioned Wandi, you know, being an outlier is there anyone else in the bullpen that just kind of always provides that comedic relief just is always easy going?
0: I mean, you name it. It's, and that's, what's funny is, is it's such a obviously talented group and intense group, but Oh my God, it is, it's comedy down there until their name gets called seriously. And and honestly, the ringleader is Harky, our bullpen coach. He's, he's Mr. Like tough exterior, but he's, he might be the funniest and the biggest jokester of us all. So, um, but yeah, Wandy getting going with Abreu, Cordero, um, I mean, yeah, Kinger and Clay get going, you know, like I said, I could, I you can name every out. one of them and, and they're all characters, uh, even Ron, Ron's Mr. Stoneface yeah. and then, and then he'll crack a joke. Uh, it's, it's, it's a really good environment to be yeah. honest. So. Yeah,
2: I could see Ron being the one, like, doesn't say a lot, but when he does say something, it's just, like, that one line. 100%. 100% Very
0: funny. He doesn't waste his breath, but he's got some <laughs> good ones for sure.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Justin, what do you have? Uh,
1: so I, I've heard that you've said that, you know, working with pitchers and getting to know, you know, what pitches they throw, helping them improve their game is one of your favorite parts of, like, the game itself. Like, mm-hmm. when you got to the Yankees last year and even this year, like – what, what's your process like of working with each guys? Is it a one-on-one? Are you sitting down in the video room with these guys? Like, how do you try to learn everything you can about them?
0: So I think first and foremost was I came in and I was like, I have to like earn these guys trust. Like they have to get to know me before I could come in here, you know, busting down doors and telling them this and telling them that, which to be honest, like, I don't, I don't find myself doing much of that anyways. Like I feel like I'm more of like a like a reminder, like, hey, remember like when your slider was really good, we were talking about this and you told me you felt that, or hey, like, I know you didn't like where that pitch ended up, but I thought the action on it was great. Like, let's maybe move your sights a little bit. You know, I, I don't feel like um, I'm doing a lot of like, hey, let's sit down and talk. Like, I just want to like be a little birdie in their ear in passing And and just honestly, the biggest thing is just being really honest with them. Like, I think especially in the major leagues, especially when you're with the Yankees, there's a lot of people that want to tell you what you want to hear or they don't want to upset you. Um, And again, after I feel like I've earned that trust and we have that relationship, I feel like I can be honest and and whether I'm right or wrong, like you'll appreciate that. And I would want the same from them. And, And there's some of that that goes on where, you know, they are honest with me or tell me what they need from me. And I think that's a big, uh, part of it. So
1: that's, that's such a great outlook. That's it's such a great way to approach it too. Cause like, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want to be overbearing and try to like tell these guys something that like that, you know, I, I feel like the way you approach it is it, I, I'm sure they appreciate that, that aspect of it. Um, I hope so. I'm curious though, because do, do position players, like obviously position players pitching is a thing. You obviously don't want the the position players to be to have to go out there, but they do yeah. sometimes. But uh-huh. do they do do guys ever come up to you and want to work with you on the side? Are there other are guys like you know, plays of field that come up to you like, "Hey man, I think I got a really cool split like splitter." Oh, man. We just go work on it?
0: Yeah, I would say uh absolutely. Um I think we tried to get uh, last year we tried to get judge cause he throws the most beautiful, perfect baseball you've ever seen in your life. It is foreseeming and backspinning and just, and we're like, we got to learn from this guy. And I think we tried to get him off some like slow motion cameras, but I don't know if they like went up high enough. Um, and then, uh, Aaron Hicks was, a, he was a big, I think kind of like two way prospect coming out of high school. So he's like messed around and gotten off like the track man, uh, here and there um Donaldson really good change up uh in a pinch maybe we'll see uh but yeah he's you know he's coming like bombarded um you know a pitching session right after it gets done and I'm still behind the plate or whatever and he's like let me throw a couple change-ups and let him rip but he I'll give it to him he's got a pretty good one so excuse me oh that's so fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I cuz I feel like position players, they always like guys always want to do what they don't do. It's like, hey, 100%. you know, in the back of their mind they're like, you know, I could still get up there and pump 90 something. Yeah. Like that's Are there any other guys that have like like who do you, so obviously Judge would be a good position player pitcher. Is uh-huh. anybody else on the team do you think would be a good like ninth inning blowout, he'll get you three outs?
0: Um, well, I'm sure Riz Rizzo would be comedy. That's for sure. Yes. I'm sure he would make it fun. Um
2: Gosh, I think IKF oh. pitched this year.
0: Yeah, I IKF, Ugh. yeah. He could be IKF is comedy because <laughs> I think we just have to know him and know that he is dead serious when he's out there pitching in a blowout. You know what I mean? Like he's thinking of like, okay, I just read his swing, I gotta pitch up here and up here, and that's just that's how he is and why he's such a beauty. And um, gosh, I don't know. I might want to see Willie Calhoun on the mound. I feel like he's got that like. You know, low slot ride, that might be tough to catch up to. But um, I don't know. I don't think I want to give too many guys credit. Or they might come down to the bullpen and waste my time a little bit. Waste your time. Yeah. But (laughs) at the end of the day, and and I think that's been one of my biggest takeaways being here, is, like, at the end of the day, like, they're all still baseball players. Like, they're the same guys you grew up playing with. They're, like, they fit a category of a teammate that you've had on every single team. You know, right. like, they're still baseball players. They're still the fellas. Like, they want to have fun, and and that's what makes it so enjoyable. That's the best. You mentioned Aaron Judge. I would
1: like to see him on the mound at some point, too, by the way. yeah. Um, yes. But a couple weeks ago, I'm thinking back to Dodger Stadium. You're sitting out there. You're chilling, enjoying the game. That's your decompression period, and he <laughs> crashes through the bullpen wall.
0: Can, can you tell <laughs> oh, me what man. that
1: experience was like? Like, how crazy was just be sitting there, minding your own business, and then he's in your lap? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I think – I think it happened really, really quickly. It was like J.D. Martinez hit this like high fly ball. And it's like, you're like, ah, is it, is it going to hold up? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, like this guy is on top of us. And then you're like, fans. And at that point, it's just he's making a decision. and um Yeah. I, I, luckily I think I got the the least of it. He obviously got the worst of it. My partner got like sandwiched by the fence and his coffee got spilled everywhere. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously it's like, Oh my God, you knew he was going to run into the fence, but then the whole thing is just like off its hinges. And um, obviously, you know, he throws the ball in and you're like, okay. And then you're like, is he okay? Like, that's where your mind goes. You're just like, God, please be okay. Please be okay. Um, But I don't know. I, I go back to thinking like he had the wherewithal to throw the ball in. Like Muncie didn't end up tagging. They ended up giving him the base, but it was like, I mean, this guy is such a gamer. He's such a competitor. It's like the first thing that he thinks about, you know, is get the ball in and then I'll worry about whatever just happened. So um it happened quickly and it was definitely a surprise. Um but yeah, I think it was just the whole even though it kind of banged him up, it was like the whole thing was just a testament to that guy's a a competitor. He's a ball. And then he doesn't even like flinch the rest of the game. Like you can't even tell what's going on. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, yeah. is he I think he's okay, you know? But that guy's just he's a stud. He's a superhero, absolutely.
1: Was what? your phone blowing up after that? Because I think even on Sunday Night Baseball, you got a cool little one-minute like feature package yeah. there out of that.
0: We got a little cameo. Definitely blowing up. People were – I was getting mixed reviews. People were like, oh, my God, you know, we're going him?" And then, But then like Scott F. Frost, who is one of our relievers, who's hurt and rehabbing right now, uh, he was chirping. He was like, oh, my God, thank goodness you put a hand on six eight. <laughs> 280 and held him up because I really don't, I did my best, but I don't think I did much if I'm being honest. Um, so it was funny like that Scott actually caught on to that and chirped me about it, but you got to remain humble in your 15 minutes of fame, I guess. Oh my God. I know, you're a big deal. That's, that's insane. It's all over. It's over now. Not <laughs> even minutes. on your guys' podcast, so I'm back.
2: Exactly. There's Another 15 <laughs> minutes of fame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, sticking with Aaron judge. You got to experience history last year mm-hmm. as your first year as the Yankees bullpen catcher. I remember Matt Carpenter was on podcast a couple months ago. He said it was just insane watching him chase 62. What was that experience like from, you know, more of a coaching manager standpoint, just all like, was there a lot of talking every day? Like, Oh, is he going to get there and stuff like that?
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, it was just incredible. It was like, you, yeah. you had to keep pinching yourself. Because you're like, number one, you're like, I would hate for him to get this close and it doesn't happen. Because obviously it kind of started like, well, he got in the last game of the year. Yeah. And um, you're like, I just hope he doesn't go through all of this for not nothing, but to not break it. And then you're just like, God, this poor guy needs an off day so bad. He must be so exhausted because he was going at it every single day. We had already clinched, you know, and, but, you know, he was chasing history and, um, you know, a lot of respect for for what he did and how he did it, because I, I mean, I can't imagine how exhausted he was emotionally, physically. You know, there's like a traveling circus everywhere. He went and he smiled his way through it and 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 got it done. And um, like I said, I mean, the guy is like, like you said, he's a superhero. He's impenetrable physically, mentally, emotionally. And I think that was the the way he handled it mentally and emotionally was it. Sorry, Dale's just blowing through this table right now. Um, was it was that was the most impressive part was he didn't there was no chink in his armor he didn't crack i would have folded under pressure immediately and he didn't he didn't even flinch so credit to him for sure
2: i mean i just remember watching like the last i think he, after he hit 60 it was every single game people would just sit there with their phones out. Well, and I remember just thinking, going, I can't imagine trying to go to work like my job and at just the entire stadium is recording yeah. you. Like you're well, a circus animal, it's crazy.
0: Right, exactly. And how about this? This is mind blowing. So I remember Jameson Tyone came up to me one day and he goes, hey, last night judge asked me. So let me set the scene. Every time he would come up to the plate, the place would go bananas and then the pitcher would come set and you could hear a pin drop. It was silent. You know, everybody yes. taking videos and pictures and then the pitch would come and then everybody's loud again, but like piercingly loud, really loud. Every time if he popped up in the infield, everybody thinks it's gone and they're going crazy. Right. And he asked Jameson, he goes, Hey, uh, what's the crowd like when I'm at the plate? I was like, what? <laughs> How do you not, you know, but that's just like how locked in he was. Right. That's what, he's a superhero. He's different. He's that diffy as you see. say. And <laughs> it's like that—that that blew my mind as much as anything. He's like, hey, what? What's it sound like? What's it sound like? I can't even hear myself think, dude. And you're turning around a hundred. You know. Right. He's different, in the best way.
2: Yes. That's great I know. I always wondered that, like when people are chirping, but I guess if you're that locked in and it's dead silent, yeah. you don't hear anything.
0: Yeah. You can't, I don't know. You you can't teach that. That's, that's different. Or maybe you can't, I don't know. Yeah.
2: I don't, I don't think I have those qualities. I would definitely.
0: Fall yeah. under the pressure.
2: <laughs> so. Dustin. Uh,
1: I just had some fun last, last kind of rapid fire questions to end. Uh, Kate, if there's anything else you had.
2: Nope. That was it. Yeah. We, I'm ready for rapid okay. fire.
1: Uh-oh. Oh, Okay. We got some fun ones. Um, so one of my favorite dynamics is the fans that will like stand above the bullpen and kind of chirp down to the guy sitting down there. Mm-hmm. What's the funniest thing or one of the most memorable things you can remember that's been chirped down into the bullpen. Oh
0: God. I mean, definitely nothing PG or even PG um, <laughs> I, 13. I feel bad because there are so many good ones and I'm just, just not thinking of any, Um in Toronto – in Toronto, there's a guy all over me and one of our pitchers, like my back's to him. He's right behind this chain link fence in the new new Toronto bullpen. And he's got the accent and, you know – and I just like – I turned around I was like, I just want to let you know, I cannot take you seriously. Like you have the cutest accent and it is – hilarious and this guy ends up like he's like you know what i like you like you you take it you give it back and he's like have you have you tried ketchup chips and i'm like what and he's like i'm coming to the game tomorrow and brought me ketchup chips i guess that i don't know if that's a canadian delicacy um there's another one speaking of harkey our bullpen coach we're in boston last year and there's this teenager and he's just screaming, yelling, cussing into her bullpen the whole game. And and finally, and mind you, for anybody out there, like, it doesn't matter to these guys. They don't hear you. They don't care. Like, it doesn't hurt them. Like, they just think it's funny, I guess, if anything. So this kid's giving it to him, giving it to him. And finally, Hark turns around. And Hark's a monster, big dude. And he goes, hey, man, you play? This kid's like, and you know, he shuts down and he goes, yes, sir. And he goes, you know how hard it is? He goes, yes, sir. And he goes, I just want to let you know, this dude doesn't care what you're saying. And you sound like, you know, a dumbass, like the rest of these drunk guys. And I promise you, if you get to this level, you're going to think, wow, I was one of those guys. And the kid's like, yes, sir. And I'm not kidding. He scared this kid straight. He ended up throwing him a baseball. And I watched this kid hand this baseball to a kid, like a row or two behind him. Like, he scared this kid straight. This kid's life was changed forever. And I thought that was awesome because I saw this kid, you know, flip a switch in the blink of an eye because he finally got confronted and realized, like, wow, I really do sound kind of dumb right now. So was, that was a good one. I don't have that kind of authority yet, but that's definitely in my uh, my playbook one day.
1: That's so funny you mentioned that the guys up in Toronto because, like, I see them on TikTok all the time with their Canadian thick accents, and it is yeah. it is very funny to hear them just uh. like, it's, it's so nice sounding.
0: Yeah, and it's like, dude, you nobody nobody is more ruthless than our fans. Like, what are you no. going to tell us or or say to us or do to us that is worse than what our own fans could could make us feel or say to other players? Like, we've heard it all, you know. Yeah. So it's all good.
1: Kind of tailing off that. How likely are you to give a, a fan a ball? Are are you kind of generous with that? Are you are you nice and you flipping them out? Like, what's what's S- that like?
0: So I'm definitely like age limit kind of deal unless unless you you got to, you know, people pull out the sob stories and it's everybody's birthday and everybody's (laughs) first game and blah, blah, blah. But um, I usually like if I hear manners, 100 percent, you're getting involved. Right. Stuff like that, or you know, if, if a kid's being like patient and they're being like, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't get it for a couple innings and they keep asking, like, but they're not, they don't get upset. Then, mm-hmm. you know, I try to reward good behavior and not, you know, bad behavior in parenting. So, trying to teach life skills out there in the bullpen.
2: <laughs> that's that's no, a beautiful no. thing to
0: hear. Yeah. yeah, do my best.
1: So, so it sounds like adult, not no chance.
0: Yeah. Probably, probably not. Probably not. Unless there's some good guilt trips, like, and it's hard to, it's so easy when they just go bullpen catcher, catcher, you know, Hey Yankee. It's so easy to ignore. But then when they yell your name and I'm like, God, do I know this guy? Like I want to <laughs> ignore somebody I know. That's a yeah, I mean, pick. dude, kids are crazy. They're like DMing me weeks in advance, like little what? kids. They're like, Hey, I'm going to be at this game. Like, can you throw me a ball? I'm like, Dude, just go to the gift shop. Like <laughs> they're ten dollars. Yeah. yeah. they're right there. Um that's so funny. But there's just there's something about it. And the other thing, I don't I don't know how this caught fire, but everywhere we go, no matter what, everyone asks to play rock, paper, scissors for baseball. And I don't know it, it like I don't know how this is like this phenomenon that everybody yeah. knows. And um, number one, I'm way too good at it. You'll <laughs> never beat me. I and mean, number two, like, it just, I'm like, I just, I get so tired of hearing it. I hear it in my sleep. Like, oh, but it's part of it. If that's the worst part of my day, then I'll take it.
2: That's crazy. Wait, so they want to play rock, paper, scissors against you? And if they win, you get the For they get the ball?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. a <laughs> kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, my God. And then, I can't tell you how many times, then it's like, then the crowd's like, hey, man, the kid just wants a ball. like, dude, like, I just want to watch the game. Like, I don't want to just keep going and grabbing baseballs for kids. Like, That's- I get it, but like I'm at work, you know. I just want to watch the game. Is
1: there That's a it. finite number of balls down there too? Like,
0: it yeah, ran game. out. I'm like, dude, I rub these up, like, <laughs> for professional use. I can't just be handing these things no. out, you know. And then I got to rub up more balls no. after the, after they get used. Absolutely. How about it? Yeah.
2: That's so yeah, but it's more work for you. You're like, no yeah.
0: way. I, I should wear a GoPro one day and just document it. It's comedy every night.
2: It's good content. You should.
0: No doubt. That would crush it. Yeah, Yankee. Social but media then I, but listen. then I'd get bugged more. Actually, yeah. Oh. Everyone's like, you're the GoPro guy. So. No
1: <laughs> I do appreciate the ones that like go out of their way to like Google like your name and like, hey, yeah. Yeah. like that's that's pretty smart. They're ruthless. They don't mess <laughs> <work> around. <laughs> Um, I, uh, this, this might be like a, kind of like a dumb question. Um, but you had a role Chapman last year mm-hmm. and obviously got throws gas. Mm-hmm. Like what, what was it like to warm up Rollis Chapman? And just like, did your hand hurt after, oh. after catching a fastball?
2: Really?
0: Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, like I would say, yeah, like if you don't catch it, right. Absolutely. Like I, I was pretty lucky with him. He honestly, his best command was down in the bullpen. Like he was lights out 90% of the time. But then, obviously, he has this devastating splitter. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, like, that thing is going 40 feet like a basketball bounce pass, you know. And I'm diving and I'm trying to catch it. I don't wear a chest protector, too, so I'm not blocking it. Unless we're in, like, Tampa or Oakland on the field, like, I'm getting out of the way. And he's just laughing at me and, like, having a great time. So, (laughs) that's, like, I'll always just remember, like, diving out of the way for my life. And then I look up and, like, this – monster of a human is just smiling at me like he thinks it's the funniest thing in the world um yeah Chappie was a good time it was fun
1: oh that's the best are there are there any other relievers that kind of make you fear put the
0: fear of god into you no chest protector like occupational hazard stuff um not i I don't want to say fear but like clay clay holmes likes to mess with me like obviously he's got the demon sinker Mm-hmm. and so sometimes like never during the game but like you know right before batting practice when we're catching bullpens and stuff um I'll be catching a fly ground for clay and he likes to go like this or sorry let me get the middle. he'll go like this because this means sinker and this means slider and he likes to go like this and let me guess every once in a while because it's the same pitch and then they just go opposite ways right so he likes to mess with me that scares me a little bit but other than that they're all they're all pretty good at what they do and my job isn't um, all that scary, believe it or not. So <laughs> it's good. Uh, yeah.
1: That's amazing. I just had a couple of last last ones for you. Mm-hmm. So you travel around. Obviously, you've been to a lot of bullpens. Can you maybe power rank some of the best and worst ones that you've been to on the road? Mm, uh, best one
0: on the road, probably Texas. I would say they have like a good little room. You got a good view of the field, um, so it's nice to go in the room and like kind of get away from the crowd. Um, worst ones, probably Tampa and Oakland because you're on the field at an angle and, like, the field's this way, you know, those are mm-hmm. tough. And you you don't want to let a ball get past you when you are catching because then it goes on the field and they stop the game. and Oh, no. Literally you failed at the one thing in your job description. Um, where else? Uh, I really like Seattle. I think that's a good setup, good view of the field. Um I like Minnesota because you're kind of like tucked away and nobody can, uh, can like really mess with you. Like anywhere where I don't have to like hear it from people all game. Right. Is number one. Um, Dodger Stadium was tough in a good way. Like just because you're sandwiched by pants. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like trying to talk to my mom one game and I'm just getting cussed out. I'm like, mom, I'll just, I'll talk to you after the game. Um, but like in the best way, like that's, it was just, that's the beauty of it. Um. yeah I would say I'd say that's that's probably my top two or three of each
1: you mentioned the ones where the bullpen is on the field where it's not like mm-hmm. in its own little area I was watching a Rays game the other night and the ball person I forget who it was they uh, made like this incredible like between the legs catch and like the mm-hmm. guys in the bullpen were like dapping them up like yeah do, do you have you had anything like that have or have you been like hit by like a ball where you're not paying attention if on the on-field bullpens
0: No, but I definitely, I forget that kid's name. We had him this year, Um, but I definitely like mess with him a little bit and let him know like he better not let anything pass him. And, you know, he does his job and he's good at it and he has fun doing it. Uh, I can't remember any like memorable catches, but uh, definitely, you know, some plays have been made and you're trusting him when your back's to the field and he's standing behind you with like a target glove on and a plastic helmet on and. Yep. So, but no, I haven't been murdered yet, so I'll take it.
2: <laughs> that's good. It's a plus then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: always so curious, but like, I'm just like, if, if you lapse of like judgment for like half a second, yeah. line, line drive down there, you got to like duck out of the way. Yeah. Right in my, right in my back. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Okay. I always like to end with this one. It's a very poignant on. one. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Anything, anything memorable stand out that's been given? Oh.
0: That is a good one. Um, I think something I alluded to earlier is like, you know, the only thing I know is that I don't know anything at all. It's just like continue to be curious and learn and like, you know, be confident in, in what you do know, but you know, always be open to learning and growing. And um, I think that's something that's um, served me well in in this new role. And, and like I said, being around the, the best and brightest with the Yankees and. Um, I hope it continues to serve me, and uh, but I've been I've I've been happy with the results since kind of trying to approach things that way. That's I love
2: a, that. Uh, That's awesome.
1: Love- Thanks, dude. This has been incredible. Y- you've made me into a Yankee, a pseudo yankees fan. I'm a Yankees bullpen so. fan now. That's yeah. all we need. And I think I think what I've really learned is that if the Yankees come to D.C. or Baltimore, or even Kate, when she goes to the Bronx, like, yeah. we're going to be the nicest, most respectful person <laughs> down there screaming stuff. We're going to be like, yeah. this guy, Colin's a stand-up guy, and we're going to yell only the nicest things at you.
0: Yes. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, just compliments. <laughs> just rain them down. I love it.
1: Yes. Like, uh, this guy had insane pop when he was in the minors. Do you know that? Yeah. But you
0: didn't? Oh, yeah. I would have been a great... I tell our front office guys that all the time. I'm like, why didn't you... I I hit homers. I walked. I struck out, and I and I caught like perfect. What else do you need? Come on, what more you could know? you
2: possibly want? Yeah,
0: <laughs> but uh, but it worked out. This is Plan B. I'll take it. So, but yeah, thank you guys. You guys are great. The Questions were awesome, and uh, yeah, anytime you guys are in town, wherever we're at, let me know. We'll uh, look forward to the compliments raining down yes. in the bullpen. <laughs> yes. I'll be
1: the cool adult autograph ball sorter. Yeah, starter. exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I love it. And before we get out of here, a special thank you to the band Stick Figure for allowing us to use today's intro and outro music. Playing on your radio, coming through your stereo